Amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power that is in your word. And as we come today, we thank you that the everlasting, never-changing, eternal, life-giving word is available. And so I step back so the word of God can go inside of our hearts and transform our thinking so that, Father, we can truly walk in and possess the things that you have for us. Holy Spirit, thank you for breathing on the word so that our lives can be transformed and we can truly manifest the things of God in our lives. And Lord, I declare in the mighty name of Jesus for signs, miracles, and wonders to follow your word because you always watch over your word to perform it. And it's in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated. So happy to have you today. If you're joining us, if you're a first-time visitor, in fact, if you're a first-time visitor, just wave at me. Wave, 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 first or second. Amen. Come on, give our visitors a big hand clap. We're in a series entitled Harvest Time is Here. Everybody say Harvest Time is Here. And even though we're entering the season that we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, I've decided to stay in this series and what I'm going to do is relate the series to the Christmas story or the Christmas season. And here's why I'm doing that. I, I believe that some of you are not yet convinced that harvest time is here for you. So just look at somebody next to you. And if you're online, just type in there and say, I'm convinced harvest time is here for me. Amen. So if you're taking notes, if you're taking notes or just following the notes that we provided you, today's message is entitled, Harvesting God's Dream for You. Harvesting God's Dream for You. I believe God has a dream or a plan for everyone's life. Even if a person is a non-believer, if they don't believe in God, I, I still believe with my heart that God has a plan for everyone who's here on planet Earth. And what we're about to study today, I believe, will help you and I understand and activate some principles that will help us discern, discover, and then activate the things we need so that we can uh, not just uh, hear the word, but understand it in terms of how to access God's dream for our life. So here's the thing. I have three points. Everybody say three points. I have three points this morning, and if you all are a good class... I'll finish all three points, all right? So let's just jump into this. Here's point number one if you're taking notes. God's dream for us must become our dream for us. Come on, everybody say it with me. Say, God's dream for us must become our dream for us. In other words, what I'm saying is in order for us to discover God's dream for us, we have to desire what his dream is for us. Amen. So what we're going to do, we're going to take the story of Mary who conceived Jesus Christ. We're going to look at what happened with her life and we're going to pull principles from it to see how we can discover God's dream and his purpose for us. So I'm reading out of the Living Bible this morning. They're going to put up Luke chapter 1 verse 26. It says, And in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy... God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee. Let me just say this. I don't care where you were born. God knows where you are. If he went to a village 
to give this girl a message, he can find where you are. Say amen to that. Amen. I was in Hutchins, and people say, well, what good can come out of Hutchins? (laughs) He went to a village in Galilee to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, who was a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. I just want you to stop there and I want you to say out loud to yourself, say, I have favor with God. Come on, if you're watching us, I want you to just type it in, I have favor with God. Let's try it again. Say, I have favor with God. I have favor with God. And so he says, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him what church? Jesus. Verse 32 says, and he will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. And then verse 33 says, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And so Mary asked the angel, But how can this happen? I'm a virgin. Now see, some of us could not have replied that way. We would have had to say, hold on, let me get on the Mari show and see who's the father. She says, I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren. That's what they used to say. Just like they used to say stuff about you, they can't say it no more, can they? Oh, they used to say she was barren, but she is now in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Watch verse 38. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. The New King James Version of Luke chapter 1 verse 38 says this. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Notice how she described herself. She described herself as a maid servant of the Lord. It says, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed. So I want you to pay attention to what happened. God used an angel to reveal to Mary what his dream was, what his purpose was, what his plan was for her life. And I'm pretty sure that, you know, as, as far as I believe, that Mary probably wasn't anticipating this. I'm pretty sure that if in those days she probably wouldn't have gotten an email from God saying, hey, tomorrow I'm going to talk to you about being pregnant, okay? No, no, no. I'm pretty sure that what the angel said to Mary was far from what she had anticipated for her life. But for some reason, everybody say for some reason. For some reason, Mary decided, listen church, to make God's dream for her life, her dream for her life. So let's start now with the end of of the verses, verse 38. Let's start with that and then we're going to try to work our way up to see some principles. Because I truly believe that when you and I pursue God's dream for our life, 
in the midst of pursuing God's dream, he will help us fulfill our dream. So it says in verse 38, Mary responded, I'm the Lord's servant. Make everything you have said about me come true. So here's a take-home statement that I want you to think about throughout the week. A yes does not always require full understanding as much as it requires full obedience. I'm going to say that again. A yes. Everybody say a yes. A yes does not always require full understanding as much as it requires full obedience. God's not like us. You know, if your friend, your homeboy call or your girlfriend call, say, hey, can you meet me at the store today at 11, the 7-Eleven on the, on the corner? What you going to say? But what? You're not just going to jump in your car and waste your gas and go to 7-Eleven, not understanding why she wants you to be there or why he wants you to be there. And so what you do, you ask for further information. And then that will determine if you go. God's not like that. God's not like that. He requires a yes, even if we don't have full understanding. Say amen to that. And the only way to fully obey is to fully trust. The only way to fully obey is to fully trust. Say this with me. Say the only way to fully obey is to fully trust. Proverbs 3, 5, we all know it. It says, trust in the Lord with how much of your heart? All. So that says that I can trust him with not all of it. Trust in the Lord with how much? Uh, Just because Johnny or Janet broke your heart and you now love from pieces of it doesn't mean you can't trust God with all of it. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and then lean not to your own understanding. Sometimes, listen church, we want an understanding, we want understanding when God just wants our obedience. And here's the thing, most people want a different life without doing something different. I'm going to say that again. Most people want a different life, but we don't want to do nothing different. Say amen to that. And God wants a yes, not what you think is best. He wants a yes. So what I'm going to do is parallel Mary's story to my story. So you can kind of see a 2022 version of somebody's life that this happened to because I am in the middle of God's dream and purpose and plan for my life right in the middle of it amen so years ago everybody say years ago years ago uh, I graduated from uh, high school and then I got an academic scholarship to go to a small Christian college not sure what their criteria was for the scholarship it certainly wasn't for me to be a Christian Because I was not a Christian. They didn't ask me if I was a Christian. And I wasn't pursuing being a Christian. As a matter of fact, I sold weed at that school. I sold weed on a Christian college campus. So anyway... uh, the campus was too small for me, so I decided, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to transfer to a bigger school. So that's how I got to Prairie View. And believe it or not, when I, when I got to Prairie View, I got saved, which is one of the oddest places to get saved. 
You don't get saved at Prairie View. You go to hell at Prairie View. You go, you, and you go straight. You don't even stop. You go straight to hell. And I got saved there, which was amazing. So I'll never forget, you know, uh, not too long ago, I asked my mom, you know, what I said I wanted to be when I was growing up. And so if you're a parent, pay attention to what your children say. So she said, you always said that you wanted to be an entrepreneur or a business owner. I was like, really? So I'll never forget, I studied business. I have a degree in business administration with an emphasis in marketing, right? And so I'm on the campus of Prairie View Anim University. I get saved. I start following the Lord. And I prayed this prayer one day. This prayer sounded like this. I said, Lord, I want to be the best businessman I can be for you. But I don't ever want to be a preacher. Right? Stay with me. Because you said, Pastor, but you is one. I know. There's an explanation for that. So I said, God, I don't ever want to, I want to be the best businessman. Because here's the thing. Back in those days, my dream in 1985 was I wanted to be the first African-American on the cover of Forbes magazine. That was my dream. I wanted to be, and watch this, I was going to tell everybody about Jesus that I reached in the business world. And I look, I held true to that because one of the corporations that I worked for during my tenure in business, I led my supervisor to listen to speaking in tongues in my car. So I was serious about Jesus. So when I told the Lord that I was serious, I was like, look, Lord, look, I want to be the best businessman I can be for you. I don't ever want to be a preacher. So now let's fast forward my life. It was 1985 when that happened. Now it's 1988 because now I'm out of college. I moved, this company moved me to Ohio. So now, you know, I'm there. And then in 1988, maybe 89, the Lord speaks to me in prayer and told me he wanted me to preach his word. Now, y'all already heard my prayer. Right? But see, at that point, my relationship with God had grew to the point that I decided that what he wanted for me is what I really wanted for me. Even though I I had all these issues with being a preacher. Because see, back in those days, Most preachers had to take a vow of poverty. And I never knew a joyous or, let me say, happy poor person. They may have the joy of the Lord if they're saved, but they're not going to be happy if they ain't got no money. So I didn't go to college and get in debt to be broke. I just, that just wasn't my mentality. So he calls me to preach and I'll never forget. I didn't tell nobody. That's three words. Nobody. And he was just pushing me, pushing me. You need to tell your pastor. You need to tell your pastor. And I knew that if I told my pastor, that was it. That was it. So he just did it. So one morning I was meeting with my pastor and I told him, he says, well, I already knew the Lord told me already. He said, he just, he told me not to tell you until you told me. Which now leads me to point number two. Are you ready? God's dream for you 
has your spiritual DNA and your physical DNA built into it. I'm going to say that again. God's dream for you, God's purpose for you, God's plan for you, God's desire for you, it has your spiritual DNA and your physical DNA built into it. See, God knew how old Mary was before he decided to have a conversation with her. He knew her background. He knew, you know, her family. He knew her issues. He knew her weaknesses. He knew, listen, he knew her temperament. He knew what level of nurturing, nurturing she had. He knew that out of everybody on the planet, for some reason, he knew that Mary was the right person to raise his son. Mary was the best person to carry out God's dream and she decided to make God's dream her dream the new living translation of Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 really gives us an idea of how this looks God said to Jeremiah I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb listen what he's saying there is I knew you spiritually before I knew you or formed you physically because he says, I, I knew you before I formed you. That means that God knew Jeremiah before he was physically here. That means now the spiritual part of Jeremiah, God already knew about. That's how I know God has purpose for everybody, even before they get here. Even if you were considered an accident by man, you were still on purpose by God. He said, before I formed you physically in your mother's womb, he says, I knew you, that's spiritually. And before you were born, watch this, I set you apart. This sounds like purpose to me. And appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Oh, sovereign Lord, Jeremiah says, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. The Lord replied, don't say that. I'm too young. Y'all don't want to miss next week's message. It is amazing. Three words. You got it. Y'all are quick learners. For you must go wherever I send you. Verse 8. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, Look, I have put my words in your mouth. Everybody say, God's dream for me has my spiritual DNA in it and my physical DNA in it. See, here's the thing. Once you get a revelation of that, once you get a revelation of whatever God has for me has been specifically designed for me, has been custom made for me. Once you understand that, then you'll advance in life by having a surrendered attitude of heart that willingly says yes to God. Because, see, I used to think that you only say yes to God one time. You don't. You say yes at this level, and then when he's ready to raise you up to another level, you have to say yes again. Because, see, once I said yes to preaching, I had to say yes to going to Bible school, which I didn't want to do that either. Right? Then I had to say yes to pastoring altogether to start. Because I'll never forget. When I start, look, I, he told me that I was going to be a pastor when I was 27. I didn't start till I was 40. But when I was around 39, maybe 38 and a half, the feeling would come on me that God wanted me to quit my job that day and start a church. I was like, I'm not doing that. 
I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm a planner. I, I need some plans. I need some, I need, where's this money? I'm going to need to do all of this. And so, you know, I wrestled. I was like, no, I'm not doing that. So every time this feeling would come on me, I would say, no, 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 I'm not doing that. And finally, one day the feeling came so strong on me, I got mad at the Lord. And just out of madness said, okay, if you want me to quit, I'll quit today. Is that what you want? And finally, when I did that, because I said yes, because here's the thing. A lot of times he's not ready for you to do it. He just needs you to say yes. So it was time for my third or fourth yes. And I didn't realize it. So finally, when I said yes, he left me alone. See, some of you all need to say yes. Again. And I've discovered you don't say yes to God one time. God has put on the inside of every person everything you need in life to fulfill his plan for your life and to live out your dream. Jeremiah 29, 11 in the King James says, for I know the thoughts, and that word thoughts means intentions, plans, and purpose. Everybody say intentions, plans, and purpose. He says, for I know the intentions, the plans, and the purposes that I think towards you, says the Lord. And these intentions, plans, and purposes, they're thoughts of peace and not evil to give you an expected end. And then he says, once you understand that that I have that heart towards you. Then you will call upon me and shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you and you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all of your heart. Sometimes we want to give God half of our heart but get a whole plan from him. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes we want to give God half of our heart but we want to get a whole plan from him. I'm sorry, it don't work that way. Can I tell y'all something? Ask me what I've discovered. I've discovered that there's really no shortcut in your relationship with God. If there was a spiritual shortcut, I'd have found it by now. Look at the NIV version of Jeremiah 29 11. It says, for I know the plans. This is God speaking. I know the plans, which means intentions, plans, and purpose that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to do what? Prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. Everything you need to fulfill the best version of you, listen, was installed inside of you when you were born. When you were born, God downloaded everything, every gift, every talent, every ability, everything you needed to do life, to fulfill his will, and for you to live the more than abundant life Jesus called you to have. He downloaded and installed that on the inside of you. He's given us some gifts, talents, and abilities, and these gifts, talents, and abilities come in many forms. You can be gifted to sing. You can be gifted to organize. You can be gifted to, to communicate. You can even be gifted to spread joy. You know people that when you see them, they just make you happy. Right. That's a gift. That's a talent. That's an ability. And see, me in my early age, I had some talents and I had some gifts and I had some abilities early on. See, you may not know this, but I was a very good baseball player. I think I started at 10 and I went all the way up to college. I, I quit. They didn't, they didn't bench me or they didn't let, you know how these days they have this universal, uh, global, if you're on the team, you get a trophy type of thing. See, you had to earn the right to start when I was growing up. 
They just want now. Everybody needs to play. We need you get a participating trophy. And Johnny ain't even paying attention. But the coach put him out there because the parents will go off on the coach. And Johnny's out there picking his nose. He's not even paying attention. They didn't do that when I was growing up. No, no, no. If you weren't good, you didn't play. So I was good at baseball. I was good at comedy. Boy, I'd wear some folks out, boy. See, I, I can say stuff to you and just make you cry. I remember one time I was on the bus and I was talking about this girl so bad. She started crying, you know. And, you know, I really should have felt bad because she was crying, but, but I didn't. <laughs> I would say crazy stuff like, uh, girl, your hair so nappy. Then on 4th of July, they just come to your house and knock to see if they can buy some firecrackers out the back of your neck. You know, just just crazy stuff like that, right? I mean, it just come out. I thought one day, I, I, I really thought I was going to do like Chris Rock is doing. I thought I was going to do that one day. Cussing and all. I just, I just knew it, but it was just a gift. I could dress well. I was a very efficient percussion player. Y'all may not know this. But I played the drums. I played the xylophones, the tiffanies, the bells, anything that was percussion. I know I played it. See, here's the thing. Leadership was developing on the inside of me. And God was using these different talents and gifts and abilities to make that happen. And I didn't even know it. Listen, when I was in the 10th grade, I was the drum captain of my ba- of the band at the at the uh, school, tenth grade. Do you know how difficult it is to lead juniors and seniors, and you're just a sophomore? But see, I was good. They had to respect that. If you go and watch the movie Drumline, Nick Cannon was me. God was developing these talents and these abilities on the inside of me. He was developing leadership. I didn't know it. When I went to Bible school, listen, when I got saved, I started grabbing the Bible to the point where they asked me to start teaching the Bible study. And then I went to Bible school and it was only two Americans. You have to understand, I went to school in Jamaica. So it was a Caribbean school. So 99% of the students in the school were from the Caribbean. So here it is, Edmund Connor is one of two Americans that they even allowed to go to the school. And guess what, church? Guess who got elected to be the student body president of the school? Edmund Connor. See, sometimes these gifts, these talents, these abilities are hidden and will come out, listen, through problems, through challenges, and even weaknesses. These challenging times that you may experience, that's not the time to get discouraged. Because listen, that's the time for you to really discover God and his dream for you. Because it's sometimes during the wilderness experiences that God will give you a word. Watch this, Luke chapter 3 verse 1, as I was reading this this week, this jumped out at me. It says, now in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea and Herod being tetrarch of Galilee. And I'm not going to keep reading that because some of these names I can't pronounce. Let's just jump to verse 2. Annas and Caiaphas being the high priest. I want you to listen to this. The word of what, church? The word of God. It came to who? John, the son of Zacharias. And where did it come? In the wilderness. 
Don't let your wilderness experience get wasted by you bellyaching and crying and saying, God, why me? Let that wilderness experience put you in a position to get a word from God. And see, growing up, I didn't always get A's in conduct because I was always talking. But see, my talking was a hidden talent. It wasn't until I fully committed my life to Jesus Christ that I realized God was using this talent that got me in trouble in school and use it to fulfill his plan for my life. And whatever gift, whatever talent, whatever ability you have, here's the thing about that. I don't care if you can sing. I don't care if you can organize. I don't care if you can teach. I don't care if you're good at math. I don't know what your talent, your gift, and your ability is. What I do know that when if it's installed on the inside, you need to develop it because in developing it, you may discover God's plan for your life. We know the story, Matthew chapter 25, verse 14, talks about the different talents. And the Bible says that one man got five talents, one, uh, one person got two, and another person got one. But then it says in verse 15, to every man according to his several ability. When you look up that word ability, it means uh, power. And I'm going to say it like this, that word ability, the power that's inside of a thing, the ability The power that's inside of a thing. And so here's the thing. Even when God gives us these gifts and these talents and these abilities, we must use them, exercise them, and develop them. Because watch this. Sometimes our dreams are wrapped inside of an ability. And until we use the ability, we may not ever discover the dream. See, listen. One of my dreams, you already know, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So here it was now, because see, some gifts, some talents, and some abilities, when you, uh, when you run into issues, problems, remember I said you can discover sometimes these things uh, in the midst of, of difficulty. So uh, when I got ready to graduate, when I graduated from high school and I had to go to college, the school was in East Texas, like two and a half hours away from home. I had a car, well, let me just back up. Uh, I had a car, but they made me keep it at home the first semester. So I'm a very meticulous person. I've always been that way. And I wanted to make sure my hair stayed maintained. I just go to the barbershop every week. Well, I can't go now. So I got a problem. So then I came home one, one weekend and my mom bought me some wall clippers from Walmart. And said, well, son's here. Figure it out. She's going to be in the second service. I'm going to change the story a little bit. but <laughs> No, for real. She bought me these wall clips and gave them to me. So I had a choice. Do I develop a fro unwillingly? It's okay if you're trying to grow one. But I was not. I, I had waves then. So I'm, I'm trying to develop myself, right? And so I was like, okay, so I learned how to cut my hair. And I got good at it to the point where everybody around me was like, man, who cut your hair? I'm like, I did. Say, will you cut mine? I said, no, bro, I can't cut your hair, man. I only know how to cut mine. They was like, look, if you just try to cut mine, I won't be mad if you mess up. So then I started cutting other people's hair. Remember now, a, a talent and ability and a gifting that was installed on the inside through a problem. I didn't realize that now it's going to surface and do something for me and other people. So I, 
I learned how to cut people's hair. And boy, I got good. To the point where I'm now cutting everybody's hair. Even the dorm person's hair that, that oversee the dorm. And you know what? I started making some money. See, Pastor Evan, I always had money now. You might not, you know, you might not like that. But listen, I, I have been broke and I have had money. I prefer money. Don't you? So stop hating on people that got it. Just leave them alone. So anyway, so I had this saying. I'm going to get back in the scripture in just a minute. I had this saying, you can pay me now or pay me later. Because see, what some of the guys would do, because see, my prices as a barber on campus was premium. No, no, no. If you want a premium haircut, it's going to cost you more than Bobo's over here. So my prices were a little higher. And I would tell the guys, listen, if you go somewhere and want somebody to jack you up and I got to fix it, it's going to cost you more money. So that was my saying. You can pay me now or you can pay me later. The problem of not getting a haircut. Listen, church led me to an ability that I developed into a talent that eventually opened the door for my first business. My first business was a barber and beauty salon. That got developed because a problem created a talent or a gift that got developed to the point where it helped me to succeed. Say amen to that. And this is why as I get ready to close, This is why the enemy does not want us to stay connected to God long enough to discover the things that God has put on the inside of us. Amen. This is why he wants us to drift because he knows that if we drift away from God and his word, he knows that our success and our dreams are tied to our relationship with God. But the only way that God's dream became my dream, listen now, here's the last point, is because I had to see myself as a seed that God wanted to plant. And if I had to see myself as a seed that God wanted to plant, that means I had to die. Here's point three if you're taking notes. When you die to your dream, you will live to his dream. When you die to your dream, you will live to his dream. Watch this now. John chapter 12, verse 24. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat, that's a seed, everybody say that's a seed, except a corn of wheat falls into the ground and does what? Die, it abides alone. In other words, he said, listen, if you take a seed, if it's never put in an environment to die, it won't produce nothing. He says, unless... You, fall, uh, you get a seed, falls into the ground, and it dies. It abides alone. But if it dies, if it dies, it brings forth what? Much fruit. He that loves his life will lose it. And he that hates his life in this world shall keep it unto eternal life. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, shall he be my servant. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. I believe when we accept God's dream for our lives, he will honor our dream for our lives. And see, here's the thing. Watch this now. Until what you have becomes less valuable to you than what God has for you, 
you will never exchange dreams with him. See, what I did not know is saying yes to be a pastor had different levels to it that I couldn't see. I love business, have always loved business. That's just me, and that's why I'm good. If you're a business owner, if you just follow the principles I teach, it'll take your business to a whole nother level. And so I, 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 I love business. Well, I did not know that being a pastor was going to cause me to operate in business more than I probably would have just having a business. Listen, I've learned how to build, do construction, how to manage money on a whole nother level. Because, see, here's the thing. I'm talking to somebody right now. Don't despise the days of small beginnings because if you can't budget $100, you will not budget $1,000. And, see, that's the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me, God. <laughs> so help me, go hard. No, no. I had to realize that what God had for me was bigger than what I could see. And when I surrender, because here's the thing, you have to keep surrendering. You have to keep saying yes. You have to keep saying, okay, God, I'll do it. Because if not, what will happen is you will, oh, I'm talking to some, ooh, I done dropped into something now. See, once you stop saying yes, your life will flatten out. No, no, no. God is a, don't get, don't get it twisted. God is a God of levels. It says from glory to glory, from faith to faith. So God don't stop. If you got stopped, it's because somewhere you stopped saying yes. The problem is we don't see that the yes is to our advantage. I never said, can I, can I be real for a second here? And y'all know that there's a certain part of me that's transparent. And, you know, again, transparency can help more people. And then there's a few that just have an, an issue. So if you have an issue, that's fine. I already know you're going to have one. But I'm going to talk to the masses here. So I'm at this gas station, right? And it's kind of semi-hood. It's not like straight hood. And it's not like suburban. It's semi-hood. Right? So I pull up, and there's a guy parked, and, you know, he is who he is. All the windows down. You can smell a whiff of some stuff, you know. Not, you know, not, not too strong, but it's there. And I go inside and get what I'm getting, and then I come back out, and he says, Love that car! What do you do? Here we go. I ain't ashamed. I said, I'm a pastor. He says, what? I said, what you do? Because I already knew. I said, what you do? He says, I need to change professions. That's what I need to do. I said, oh, you got this messed up. I said, let me explain something to you. I said, if being a pastor got what I have, Every pastor would have it. Every pastor would have it. I said, and every pastor don't have this. I said, as a matter of fact, let me drop some facts on you. I said, if you line up 10 pastors, seven of them don't even work for the church full time. They're only part time because they church can't afford them to be full time. So I'm saying to you, it ain't because I'm a pastor that I got what I got. 
I said, but I can tell you how I got what I got, and you can get what you got. Well, I don't know if you want to get what you got, because you already got it. But anyway, I said, listen, I said, faith got me this. And I said, and faith can get you what you want in life. So you know what, church, listen, your faith is wrapped around how much you trust God. And there is a dream, because here it is, I'm in the middle of it. Now, has it been easy? Nothing in life is easy. If you are an entrepreneur, it ain't easy. If you go to work and, and work for Miss Fool and Mr. Fool, because, you know, everybody got one, you know, it ain't easy, right? Okay, so it's not about easy. But see, I feel sorry for Christians who don't follow the word so when trouble come, they can't call on the Lord like they need to. See, it's one, it, there's a level of confidence when you know that you're, you're living God's way and you're doing God's way. And if you're not, you know, I wrote something down this morning. I'm going to close with this. This is it right here. You know, you know, I'm a pastor, so I get two closes. This is the first one right here. Thank God that grace flows when life happens. Because sometimes you get off. You ever been off? And you may not even stayed off for a long time, but you got off. You know, you went back to smoking and drinking and cussing and, and clubbing. And, and then you woke up and you at the club. And then you see somebody that, that led you to Jesus. Oh, my God. Brother John, I'm backslid. Why is he here at the club? And he sees you and he says, Becky, didn't I lead you to the Lord? Why are you at the club? And both of y'all wondering why y'all both at the club. You done both backslid. You both need to hold hands and, and lead each other back to Jesus. Here's a beautiful thing. No matter where you are in life and wherever you got off, grace will get you back on if you let it. Amen? Did you get something out of the lesson? So listen, here we go. It's 1023. I'm going to use two, two minutes to show application. So, because I'm big on application. Because if you don't understand how to apply the Word of God in your life, you might as well read a newspaper. Here's the first way we can apply today's message. How do you get to know God's dream for your life? Well, first of all, you got to pursue Him. You got to pursue him. How do you pursue him? You pursue him by coming to church. You pursue him by reading the word. You pursue him by praying. Amen. And then number two, if you want a dream for your life and you don't have one, just ask him. It says, ask and it shall be given. Ask God to give you a dream. Number three, pursue and develop what excites you or what you're good at. In other words, those talents and those abilities. Listen, begin to just pursue them. And then here's the thing you need to know. Any dream that God gives is going to always help people. If you in it for you, I don't know how well you're going to do. Here's number, I don't know what number I'm on, but here's letter E. Take what you're good at, use it, develop it, learn more about it, because it could be the doorway to a hidden talent. And then here's the last thing. In order for you to pursue God's dream for your life, you must die to yourself. 1 Corinthians 15, 3, the B part of the verse, Paul said, I die daily. The Living Bible of Galatians 2, 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ and I myself no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the real life, everybody say, this is the real life. 
the real life I now have within this body is a result, listen, of my trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Church, I dare you, I dare you, I dare you. The only way we're going to harvest God's dream for our life is we're going to have to die to our dream and let him resurrect it through his life-giving power. With every head bowed and every eye closed, even if you're watching me, bow your heads right there at your house. Father, thank you for your word. It's always a lamp unto our feet. It's always a light unto our path. I thank you for the spirit of God who convicts us who converses with us even while the preacher's preaching the holy spirit is conversing on the inside to us to make whatever adjustments we need to make and i the the word has been sown in the hearts of people and father i pray right now that that word will stay long enough in their hearts to germinate and as that seed of your word as we die to ourselves that the fruit from the seed of your word will spring up and produce 30, 60, even 100-fold in our lives in Jesus' name. With every head still bowed, here's my question. If you die today, are you 100% sure you go to heaven? Because if you're not sure you go to heaven, I know that I'm talking to you. I had to pray that prayer one day. I had to realize that God doesn't have stepchildren. He only has sons and daughters. I grew up thinking that because my parents were Christians, I was a Christian. But it doesn't work like that. My parents may have been Christian and they may have raised me in a Christian way, but it didn't make me a Christian because God doesn't have grandkids. And maybe you're watching me or maybe you're here in the room and it's, today's your day to make a decision to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. And so if you died today and you're not sure you'd go to, you'd go to heaven, I want to pray for you. Well, then you may be here today and you say, Pastor Evan, I'm that person. I need to die today. I need to die to my will. I need to die to myself. I need to die to my feelings. I need to die to my emotions. I need to die to what I want to do. And and today I'm saying yes at another level for the Lord. Maybe you need to rededicate your life. I'm talking to you. Or maybe you're here or maybe you're watching us and you need a church home. I'm going to boldly say to those who are in this room and those who are watching me, if you do not have a church home, if you have not committed yourself as a member in a church, and I'm talking about recently, you say, well, how do I know I'm a member? You cannot be a member of the church in Alabama if you're not either physically going to that church or you are tuning into that church every week. So there are some people watching me who need a church home. I want to challenge you today to plant yourself here at Word of Truth Family Church. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to ask everyone in the room to pray this prayer with me because I believe there's some people here who need salvation. And if you're watching me and you're streaming through the lens, I want you to pray this prayer with me as well. In fact, everybody, let's pray together. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died for my sins. I believe God raised you from the dead. And today, I make you my Lord and Savior. Holy Spirit, come on the inside. Change me on the outside. Take me out of darkness. Put me in the light. Today, I surrender my heart. I surrender my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Now, Father, I thank you for those who have made a, a recommitment to say yes at another level inside of their hearts. Those who decided to make Word of Truth Family Church their, their church home, and I pray that spiritual momentum will start in their lives like they've never seen before.